Dijak breaks the count. And maybe looking to break Keith Lee here. But he caught him! What power! And it's Dijak tasting the apron. So I told you guys that I have this big, enormous family, right? My dad is the youngest of 10 kids. That entire family, whenever we gathered, I was the first kid born in Canada, and there's a whole bunch of kids younger than me. And when we gathered together as a family, they'd rent out, I don't know, like a hall or some kind of place where the whole family could gather and they'd have like a banquet. And so when we were young, all the kids used to gather in like one of the rooms and we just wrestle. We just wrestle all the time. And I had this little cousin. Okay, and this cousin was fucking enormous. Like, when I mean enormous, he was legit enormous. He was in kindergarten, and he weighed 65 pounds. He was so fucking big that the doctors were worried that they had to put braces on his legs to be able to support his weight. Like, that's how big he got. So he's Dude, fucking... That's insane. Yeah, he's that's fucking crazy. huge. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a big fucking kindergartner. <laughs> well, I was a grade six, and I was a little bit small. When my clothes got too tight for me, my mom used to give it to him, and the kid was six, and I was in grade six. Okay, so it's stylish. Yeah. It's styling in the cave. You know how... <laughs> Michael appreciate this. You know how when like, little kids are just starting to talk, and they say like the first words out of their mouth are like mama or papa or like something like that, that kid's first words, this should have been a sign that there was going to be a problem. The first fucking words out of his mouth were Coke. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say ham sandwich, but that's even better. (laughs) Coke was his first word. Yeah. He loved me. Whatever I said for him to do, he'd do it. Amongst our family, we had this other cousin of ours, and this cousin is a fucking, uh, he's annoying and irritating and if I ever played a little bit rough with him, he'd go and tell his mom and his mom would complain to my mom. And I used to get in trouble. And so it was like this big hassle, like it was a big fucking headache. Every fucking time we had a family gathering, I always got in trouble. So at one point I realized, how can I attack this kid without getting in trouble? And so what me and my brother did, <laughs> we came up with this plan. We're going to teach the little kid, the little fat kid how to do the Kamala splash. And so <laughs> we we grabbed that annoying kid's arms and legs and we'd scream at the other kid, Ali, splash, splash. And he'd come running from down the room and just fucking crush that kid over and over and over again until he'd start crying. And then we'd all just like vanish and it'd like disappear like nothing happened. And then he didn't have anything to say because when he'd go and complain to his mom, his mom would say, this little six-year-old kid made you cry? Come on. And so we used to love getting that kid to do all the dirty work for us. I know around you, Mike, there's lots of big people. Are there any big athletic people around you? You know, I don't have a big the big group anymore, but this is going to – I don't know how much you remember him, but I think this is going to make Aztec laugh, uh, the uh-huh. meat laugh. Ron Prin. Do you remember him? <laughs> the guy was a mess. And, and he could go. I mean – he could oh, play really? basketball, he could play hockey, he could play football, and he, he didn't look like he should be doing much of anything. Do you think, wow. He was that, yeah, he was that Roddy Piper, uh, what is it, 250 pounds of chewed bubblegum? Mike, who was the guy that helped us move the sofa from uh, old dude's house? That was Ron. That was Ron, right? That's what, that, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was fucking enormous. <laughs> yeah, the kid was good, yeah. though, man. He, yeah, he good play. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about you, Meet? Anybody around you? 
I'll tell you what, there's about there's about six of them I know. Actually, me and Maddie's brother, this couple, just about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we were playing, when he worked at the casino, they were getting a hockey team together to play in the police league. They were called the Triple Sevens because all, I had all the Seneca Nation guys on my team. And these guys were six foot five, six foot six, 250, 275 that could skate, that had hands. You could just tell these motherfuckers cut trees with their hands. They're all brothers, and they were the biggest. I'd never seen guys this big, this massive. They can skate so finessely like these guys. It's strange, right? Like sometimes like you meet people who are enormous, who like they behave like you'd expect them to behave when they behave unexpectedly, like they're able to jump or they're able to run or they're able to do something cool. It's kind of strange, right? It seems kind of out of place almost. Yeah, remember how I told you last week I watched that uh, fa- the Fabulous Kangaroo match? One of the guys there in the match, that Moose Cholak guy, Mm-hmm. He he looked like Ron, and he really got her on that ring, which was, you know, you didn't see the big guys move that good. I mean, this was probably 1950, 1960, so he was right. moving really, re- really good for his size. But An- you know, another guy yeah. like that is uh, Don Leo Jonathan, yeah. fellow Canadian. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah. Size. He can move well, I remember. So today we're talking about people who are overweight and out of shape in the wrestling business first. And then finally, we'll get into overweight and in shape. But I put together a, a list of overweight and out-of-shape wrestlers. There's a couple of guys we'll talk about in detail. A couple of guys we'll skip over because we've already talked about them. The first one on the list that I picked up was Jerry the Crusher Blackwell. Mike, you talked about him with uh, Jim in an early episode about his AWA stuff. But to me, he looked like a butterball, like a round little fat blob. I don't know much of his work. Was he very good? Yeah, yeah. First size, he was pretty good. He, he was more agile than he looked, but... He certainly was a butterball. Yeah, yeah. And he's and, a very unappealing figure. Oh, terrible. <laughs> very unappealing. That's that's the nicest way to say it. Meet, do you know yeah, much about him? A medicine <laughs> ball with arms and legs. Right, right. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't able to watch much on him. I read up on him a little bit, yeah. though, too. And I just want to know, is this list coming via fucking Gleacher Report? No, 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 no. The, the last, <laughs> when we get to the end, you're going to hear some fucking crazy guys I'd never even heard of before. It's incredible. Okay, the second the second guy on my list is Yokozuna. The reason why I put him in this out of shape list is because he could go for four minutes, right? Four minutes. Once you got him to like the five or six minute zone, he's sweating like a pig. He's trying to catch his breath. He's hunched over. And so I put him in this group of like out of shape guys because he can't really have any kind of long match whatsoever. But I thought he was good for what he could do. Mike, what do you think of Yokozuna? Yeah, I agree. I think the things he did, he did them very well, but he did, you know, he could only go for so long. There wasn't much he could do. Luckily, I mean, with his size, you could kind of make it realistic that somebody wouldn't last with him that long. So, I mean, that kind of helps. Right, 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 right. Meet, what do you think about Yokozuna? I think, like, from what I've read about him, though, too, on top of his wrestling was second. Like, his presence in the locker room was even better. Yeah, that's what I heard, so, too. So, like, I, I mean, like Mike said, like, how, like, obviously no one's as big as him. So how are you going to, you know, how are you going to have, like, the massive, like, a like Long a match, like, more than a four-minute match? Did he fight hard for the fucking that's right. for the championship? Yeah. And and that was what, if you look at it, I think that's only, like, an eight-minute match and, and with all the bullshit aside. And then he did the job to Hogan in 30 seconds after that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it was fucking stupid. That was yeah, awful. that was awful, right? Okay, the next guy on the list is Haystacks Calhoun. I've heard a lot about him. I've never seen him in a match. I've seen photos. Mike, do you know much about him? Yeah, I know. I've seen some footage, but it was a while ago. I, I don't remember. 
being that impressed other than by his size. Meet the same. Yeah, the same. You know, and I, I get a, I get a good look at him every time my uncle comes over to work on his truck because he looks just like him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a big, like a big, like a big massive dude. So the next guy on the list, I'm sure we all have something to talk about. Hey, Meet, we'll start with you. Thoughts on King Kong Bundy? I know you remembered like a savant about WrestleMania two, so yeah. maybe you have lots to talk about King <laughs> Kong Bundy. I think he was the most prototypical, like big guy, and, and he wasn't—he wasn't out of shape. He was just massive, like mm-hmm. he was just a big body. Yeah. And I guess back in the day, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie Ladd used to tell him, <laughs> Bundy, every time you cash a check, you robbing from the WWF. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what are your thoughts so, on Bundy? He was all right, man. He—he he seems like a nice guy too. I, you know what? I met him. I actually started to interrupt. Oh. I met him when he was doing one of those small, like those independent shows at the Pepsi Center. Mm-hmm. They, when I was remember when I, I was working at the hotel and they stayed at the hotel. Him, oh. Sheik, Volkov, um, Ivan Putsky. Like, oh, wow. I forgot all about that. Like they're all just doing his stuff. And oh, Bundy was cool. one of the coolest dudes in the world to talk to. Oh, that's awesome. I, I loved Bundy's five count stuff. I thought that was great. You wouldn't let the guy up until he counted five. I thought that was clever. I thought the WrestleMania 2 matchup was a first, like a real believable challenge to Hogan. I thought he did a good job in that role, but like they jobbed him out quick after that. And so his value just kind of dissipated pretty quickly, unfortunately, right? They could have done more, I thought. That's why Piper was smart not to get locked up in this. Yeah. That's right. Once you lost, it was over. You just, that's right. Yeah, he just plummeted down to nothing. Okay, the next guy on the list, I have a couple of amazing things to talk about. He's awful, but lots to talk about. Viscera. Okay, so, meet. Thoughts about Viscera? King Mabel? King Mabel, right. Just a massive blob. Yeah, he's <laughs> I, I would never, I didn't like him. Yeah. I, I so I didn't really like any of that. And then Viscera, I liked even less. He probably but, had the worst outfit. Oh. It was total shit. I know there's not yeah. much that could fit a guy his size. Right. He looked like shit in, in every single way. He had a cool looking face with, with yeah. the eyes and the haircut. Right. But other than that, he looked like shit. He he wrestled like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably the same answer you're gonna get for the next guy on the list too. Yeah. So wait, so Viscera, I'll tell you something great about Viscera. So I had no idea about this. I was reading up about Viscera and Men on a Mission and all that kind of stuff, and him. And his tag team partner, the guy who's called Mo, the little guy, they're yeah. in an elevator with Randy Savage and Vince McMahon by chance at WrestleMania. Okay, so they go to WrestleMania to watch as fans. They're in the elevator. They're working indie shows. And Mo busts out a WWF rap for Macho Man. Vince McMahon, listening to this, he goes, this is fucking cool. He goes, please call me at the office on Monday. And that's how they fucking got their job. I couldn't imagine they put a lot of time in before that. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were fresh. They were great. They didn't look like seasoned pros at any point. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> then, even when he was invisible, he still looked like he was green. Yeah. And then I, yeah. the, in the beginning, you could see like the, I sent you a clip this morning of like the first time they ever debuted. He's like jumping off the top rope and doing leg drops on people's backs. And he fucked up Diesel by doing like a sit down on his back. You got to watch on Reddit. It's fucking incredible. Very careless, very clumsy, very dangerous. But uh, you're right. His head and his look is really cool. But other than that, not much to offer. Not much to offer, unfortunately. Right. Okay, Uncle Elmer. We talked about Mike hating his wedding. Meet thoughts on Uncle Elmer? 
I, I have to concur with my friend over there. It's just pointless. Stupid. It was <laughs> I don't think I've seen that many fat people in a, in a ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was bad. He was real bad. Mike, thoughts on Uncle Albert? Yeah, he was good, man. <laughs> he looked old, too, man. Yeah, Aside from the fact that he was a slob, he looked old. And I, I didn't like that hillbilly gym, like that country no. hillbilly thing to begin with. Then on top no. of that, you've got this fat uncle. Like, ugh. It just is all not, no good for me. No good. There was, the tags, there was the tag team, was it? I'll go out That's to right. Gym. That's right. They had a, a couple other kids in there, right? Like they had a... Cousin Luke. Cousin, Cousin Luke, Luke, right. That's right. Right, right, right. He was <laughs> yeah. horrible too. <laughs> yeah, they were all garbage, garbage. Okay, the next guy who's enormous and I've met before a couple of times is Akebono. He's He doesn't have a big presence. He did that one WrestleMania thing, that sumo thing with uh, Big Show. Thoughts on Akebono, Mike? Yeah, I, I don't know. That, it's, he's not for me. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I have no, I have no yeah. use to watch these guys that are, are pure spectacle with no ability whatsoever. Yeah, meet same way. Well, after after we were discussing after the one that one podcast about him becoming him being in the egg over there and that's yeah there right. Was, there was just too much. Too, there was I didn't have time after that. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I met the guy, nice guy, friendly guy. But the work rate is awful, and uh, he just he can't do much, unfortunately. Of all the guys I've mentioned, none of these guys are in the top heaviest wrestlers of all time. I didn't know uh, any of these guys, to be honest with you. I'd never heard of any of them, but their sizes are incredible. The top three heaviest, most out-of-shape wrestlers ever are number three, horn-swoggling hillbilly who was 725 pounds. I saw photos of this guy. It's fucking legit. He's a legit <laughs> 725. He's fucking incredible. Then there was a pair of brothers called the Maguire brothers, the heavier one being Billy Maguire, who's 743 pounds. And then the yeah. heaviest guy of all, Happy Humphrey. And I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about Happy Humphrey. This fucking guy weighed 900 pounds. Okay, nine. 100 pounds was his official listed wrestling weight. And Harley Race, when he first started wrestling, was a driver for Humphrey. Okay, And Harley Race would drive this guy around town to town. And then his job, listen to this fucking job. His job was to take Humphrey into the shower. And then Humphrey couldn't shower. So he'd lay down on the ground. Harley Race would take out a mop and mop his body while he was naked using liquid soap, like standing and pressing liquid soap on him, using a mop to scrub his body, then using a garden hose to wash him off. He got paid $25 to do that and $5 for driving him, $30 a week. And then, and, and then, another, and then another $5 for wrestling him. Probably. <laughs> you know that? That's got to be quite the picture. Harley Race is like yeah. the epitome of a man's man as far as wrestling goes. Like he's right. like the, the standard for for me, Harley Race, and, and to to picture him mopping <laughs> off, mopping, so, mopping somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And so, but Harley Race talked about the guy in such a nice way. You can there's lots to read about Harley Race talking about this guy. He said the guy was the nicest guy, always gave autographs, always a kind person. And so he didn't feel so bad doing it for the guy. Just imagine that job. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, then overweight, but in good shape. We've talked about a bunch of these guys before. Some of these guys actually teeter back and forth. But I think for the most part, the, I've got the list right. You've got a young Andre. 
Andre was great in his prime before he really started slowing down. I thought he was in good shape. I remember seeing many matches of Andre when he's young, Mike. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah. I've, and I went back and watched. I'm more so from going back and watching than you know, my remember right. him from like 40 years ago. But yeah, right. he was he was much different than the Andre we saw versus Hogan. That's correct. Agreed. Agreed. Me. What do you think yeah, about Andre? Just, just watching that uh, biography that they had on A. Ah, right. Him. And just seeing, like, just seeing when he first got into the business in, in France and then he started wrestling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he was jacked. Like, there was, yeah. there, he was like the epitome of, he was Schwarzenegger before before there was Schwarzenegger. Like, he right. was that, like, that caught in that bit. He was just a massive, massive dude. Right. So from there, and he went into, like, getting a little bit out of shape and then totally losing control, right? Like, at the end, it was over. Yeah. Okay. And then from there, there's a couple of guys we've already talked about. So I'm not going to spend much time on them. So we've talked about Vader a little bit. Vader's great. He's a little bit uh, overweight, but absolutely in shape. And then Earthquake. I think those are the two guys, kind of similar sizes. Vader's a little bit more athletic. Earthquake's a little bit more agile. Wasn't he a sumo? Yeah, he was a professional. Yeah, he was a professional sumo wrestler. That right, that right there tells you the athletic ability with those guys too over yeah. there, and that's in, in, your, in your new homeland. Yeah, he, he, to be honest with you, he has a great reputation here for being like an accomplished sumo. He did very, very well. Then he transitioned to pro wrestling and he started in Japan wrestling before going to the States. So very, very, very accomplished, right? Then I That is weird. I, what, what do you think makes somebody get into, into sumo? Like you're really into pushing guys? So actually, when you look at the way they do it here, it's a lot about like tradition and legacy and history. And so they think of it more like a real life wrestling competition where the goal is to drop a guy or throw him out of the ring. And so I would think it's closer to like Greco-Roman wrestling or like Olympic style freestyle wrestling. Like that's the way they think about it here. That That's probably more. But the lifestyle here, Mike, you'd be fucking grossed out to find out some of the shit they have to do because the guys get so big, like Happy Humphrey, when they get that to the very, very top, the underling guys have to bathe the sumo grand champions they fucking bathe them they, they wash their bodies with soap and everything it's fucking disgusting unbelievable <laughs> what the hell yeah it's crazy okay then the last three guys i want to talk about very quickly are the big show i think the big show uh, he let himself go for a little bit but for the most part he's been in really really good shape when he was a giant before that in the big show in wwe uh, mike thoughts on the big show Mm. <laughs> pretty average you know, you know yeah. I, as far as his size like right now he looks phenomenal the, right. the last time i saw him like to you know actually take a, a more of a wrestling picture with the shirt he looked great yeah but yeah i yeah. think he was I relegated like yeah i think the problem with him was the way they used him was wrong but like if you looked at his raw ability i saw there's a thing on the internet you could see where in nitro i don't know what nitro was but in early nitro he goes off the top rope and does a drop kick. <laughs> like wow. the guy could fucking do it. He was agile. He could move. You know, he could run. He was for his size. He was in good shape, but they just didn't book him right. Like they just didn't know what the fuck to do with the guy. I think. So I think that was his problem more than anything else. Meet. What do you think? Big show. Well, I think the first thing they, they did wrong with him was say that was Andre the Giant's son. Yeah. Is, that, 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 yeah. I think that was bullshit. And yeah. Like after like seeing him now after what he I guess he's, I guess he's under like four seventy five now and he trimmed up on the Broken Skull podcast mm-hmm. from right. from Austin and he said you know at his heaviest he was like five fifty and he was just sick of wow. just sick of being at like that out of weight and you know letting mm-hmm. himself go and that's when he put himself I think he's like on a keto diet or something now whatever he's on he looks phenomenal 
I mean, imagine, he thought he was out of shape at 550. Happy Humphrey got to 900. <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think you could be in shape because you had 900. Yeah, right. okay, it's then, so unbelievable, yeah. right? Do you, yeah. like, I, I can tell you right now, there's no – I'm 150 pounds. He's six of me, yeah. and there's no way in the world a 900-pound man could yeah. ever beat my scrawny ass. So yeah. to put him in a wrestling ring against like other men, like there's no way that this right. dude could be another human being in any sort of competition other than an eating competition. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Right. Like, so I don't know what the, the attraction was just to see him as an oddity. Right. That's all it was probably. And I'm sure he squashed guys, but totally it's, it's totally ridiculous. Right. This is, it's not a competition in any sense. You dance around him for a couple of minutes, you kick him in the leg, he gets yeah. tired, he rolls, he rolls over. It's over. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. And then another guy that's, in good shape, but overweight, I think it's Mark Henry. When you know, there's times when he's looked incredible. There's times when he's looked a little bit out of shape. Thoughts on Mark Henry, Mike? Yeah, I think he was he was okay for his size. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I don't think he was outstanding. Like I don't put him in the same level as Vader, but he, he's pretty no. good. And and like Big Show, another guy that I think it seems like a pretty cool guy. Meet. What are your thoughts on Mark Henry? He he was the world's strongest man at one point. He's always right. got that. He's always gonna have that. Not. He's not on the same level as Canada's strongest athlete. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I what I like about Mark Henry is he came into wrestling without any kind of wrestling background or knowledge and just he was just this huge guy and he really gave it his all. Like he really got invested in doing his best, even though he wasn't good. Whatever he could do, he did. And I liked when they pushed him as a monster for a little bit, like a real strong monster on top. He did a good job. I thought he was okay for what they asked him to do. I don't think you could have expected much more out of somebody like him, right? His uh, fake retirement yeah. speech in the ring was pretty awesome, man. That was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. How'd you like I that mean, stuff had, with Mae Young? The whole crowd was choked up, and then he just did the big swerve. Right. Uh, <laughs> How'd you like that Mae Young stuff? Hand, yeah. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's got the kid with Mae Young. You know, before they delivered the hand, I was I thought it was great. Like, you know, he's like into that older chick and she's all over him. It was kind of funny. It suited the attitude era. Like it was it, it was funny, but I just wasn't sure what the whole point of the hand was and why why they did all that. I don't know why they made her pregnant. But other than that, I thought he was doing a good job with that stuff. The creative was fucking awful. Why would you have her give birth to a hand? Fucking ridiculous. OK, and then, because of the, fucking right. And then the last guy, the reason why we're talking about overweight people is today in our match, I think there's no doubt that Keith Lee is overweight and there's no doubt that he's overweight, but he's in good shape because he can go, he can do matches, he can do lots of athletic things that none of the guys on our list today can do. And I think that's a testament to his athletic ability. And so we'll get into the match right away this week. Okay, this week's match, we've got a couple of things. We've got, as usual, commentary and the referee. So I'm going to tell you, the match is an indie match from a gym. It's hard to make out what the house mic is saying, like not when he's commentating, but when he's in the ring, when Keith Lee's on the mic. I have to discard all that, but I think Lenny Leonard did a really, really good commentary job when he was in the booth. I, I found him to be very good for... A one-man show. I thought he was entertaining. He tried to kind of focus on the 
flow of the match. He was very good all throughout. Mike, what do you think about Lenny Leonard's work? Yeah, he's good. I was watching a lot of Evolve at that time, so I enjoyed him. I always wondered what his name was. And, you know, that was the first thing that came out on that. I mean, you write the audio quality of Keith trying to speak and stuff. Yeah, yeah. A little, I mean, I tried to turn it up. I tried to turn stuff down, you know, just mm-hmm. try to hear it. But, but Mr. Leonard, man, that's that, that's a cool name. That could be my alias from now on. <laughs> yeah, I thought he did really well, really well. But then they bring out this uh, Joanna Rose ring announcer, total waste of time. Then uh, Keith Lee does some useless mic work. And donovan dijack comes out but before he comes out you know keith lee is like doing all this mic work and then throughout the match he's talking to the crowd and all this stuff and for me okay for me i don't know for you how many fucking catchphrases this fucking guy have right he talks about basking in my glory he talks about being limitless and then at another point he screamed out like stuff like uh Hey, what do you say? I, uh, feast your eyes on that like he's got all these fucking different things going on all at once it's like confusion. I'm not sure what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing as an audience member. I'm not sure if he's just testing stuff out. And I don't even think at his size and his look and his physical ability, he should be even saying anything. I thought all that talking stuff was a fucking distraction and a waste of time. Mike, what do you think about all that? Okay, the bask in the glory thing is he'll usually do almost like the RBD. The, yeah, so then the fans will start you know, singing, oh, bask in his glory. Uh, Limitless is his, uh, you know, the nickname. Feast so like, Your Eyes actually yeah. made me think of you when he said that, because you'd mentioned mm-hmm. previously in a, on another episode, was it last week or the previous yeah. week, about wrestlers calling out their spots? Right. That's one of Dijak's moves, Feast Your Eyes. Uh, so I he see. did one of his moves, and he called out the, the move after when he said, Feast Your Eyes. Dijak ends up doing one of his moves shortly after as well. I see, I see. I so just, that was, that's what that was your eyes was, uh, that. And then, the, yeah, the best glory, he put, put the arms and the and thumbs up and the people right. say, oh, bask in his glory, you know, crowd yeah. chanting in like a chorus. But it didn't really pick up much there. But, you know, in other places, you, you, he'll get the crowd into a, a chorus. You know, I think a big guy like this doesn't need all that kind of stuff, right? Like when The Rock did it, it made sense because like, you know, like he's got some kind of cool aura and charisma and you really want to like feed off of that. But Keith Lee's just fucking enormous, and he's just strong and powerful. I don't think he needs all that shit. What do you think? But the bask in his glory thing wasn't yeah. created by him. That was something that the fans do. Ah, uh, I see. And then he just fed so off like of that. Like the fans, they'll put it in, a, and they'll just start saying, "Oh, bask in his glory," and they'll start singing. So it's not like he came out there and you know, uh, like, this is something that was created by the fans. I see. So it's it's not so much as as crazy as you think. I see. Because I don't know the origin. If I just watch it here, it seems a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Sure. And yeah, and the one yeah. was him calling out his spot, like you mentioned. Uh, right. About. Right. 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 Yeah yeah. 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 Okay. So the match starts off, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it looks like these guys are working super fucking slow motion. Did you recognize that? I thought, you know what? You know how you could like? I thought I had something wrong with my with the playback. Like I had. It, <laughs> like, I seriously like I thought I was looking at my looking at to see if I had it like times one minus you right know, then I'm like no these guys are just you know taking their time <laughs> yeah it was really slow Mike did you feel like it was strange that they're moving that slowly yeah it didn't have the same feel as a couple of other matches I think of the ones I've seen this was probably not the best of the ones I've seen I'd, I'd say yeah you could tell that they're just in the beginning of putting things together and I'm sure if they had like 10 more matches after this they'd be great and I've heard they've had great matches but this match is just a little bit slow and a little bit sloppy right off the get go until finally when they get to the outside and they're on the apron and the fucking Oh yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Dijak picks up Keith Lee on his back. 
I would say Keith Lee's got to be close to 400 pounds, would you say, Mike? Well, if he wasn't then, he sure is now. Yeah, yeah. he is fucking huge. And he puts him on his shoulders, jumps up, pancakes him on the apron. But what makes it look all the cooler is Dijak jumps off the apron and lands on the ground. So it seems like he's going farther than he actually was. I thought it was really, really, really nice, really stiff, very, very well delivered. Meet thoughts on that? I liked it. And, you know, and that's during that point in the match when that happened. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. Dijak, he's got to be about three and a quarter. Right. At, at least he's got to be at least three, maybe three and a quarter. And he looks fucking small compared to him. And, yeah, he's, at, and, he's, in, and he's in shape. Like the masses, the, both these guys. That's a, that's a lot of meat on that sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then from there, Dijak does a bunch of punches and kicks to the outside, gets back in the ring. He does a backflip over the top rope without a handspring. It's not a Sasuke special, just a fucking backflip, only to get caught by Keith Lee, who does a snake eyes on the apron to him. I thought it was a very, very beautiful exchange. Mike, what do you think about that? Pop like a, a virgin on, on uh, prom night. It was fucking <laughs> sick. <laughs> Dude, first of all, Dijak's execution was was flawless. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, you, you've seen big guys catch guys before, but never like with such a level of ease is yeah. that you're right. He's a 325 pound guy twisting, flying over the top rope and mm. Lee caught him like he was a tissue. He was not. And then he just disposed of him. Yeah, it was so it great. Was beautiful. Agreed. Agreed. OK, then they get back in the ring. And again, these fucking guys are going super slow motion. And every time Dijak throws Lee into the corner turnbuckle on the diagonal and he runs in after him, it's like he's walking like an old man towards him. I don't know why the fuck he was going so slow. It looked ridiculous. I'm almost wondering, is that Evolve ring smaller than a WCW or a, or a WWE ring is? Because maybe that's why they're moving so slow. They don't have that much room. Yeah, you know what? It's it's smaller than the WWE ring for sure, but and I think it might be like the size of an ECW ring, which is a little bit smaller. That might be it, but it's just so fucking slow, so slow. And it's the whole match is like that too. All these flips and all, it just looks like we're taking our time and it's going (laughs) in slow motion. Right, right. It sounds like like that PWG. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. It's almost like that PWG slow motion match, right? Like where the crowd is all responding slowly and the guys are all going in super slow motion. It seems like things are just a little bit off kilter. And then they go to the corner. Keith Lee climbs up to the ropes to do a moonsault. And it's got to be the slowest rope climbing I've ever seen. There's no way anybody's not getting up from that. So Dijak gets up and then Keith Lee puts Dijak on his shoulders. He flips him over to do a knee, very similar to the knee Arthur that uh, RJ City did last week, but a little bit soft, a little bit weak. And then he screams, feast your eyes on that, which is Mike saying it's his move. But I thought it was all out of place, a little bit sloppy, not that good. What was your thought about that sequence? Yeah, a lot of that was really uh, uh, deliberate. I don't know. It's just yeah. it took took too long, and it, you knew some. You knew it was coming. It just wasn't smooth. Right. And it didn't get smooth until the next two or three spots later when they did that sit out power bomb. Holy shit! That was stiff. The ring bounced. It looked like the whole fucking building bounced. And you're like, all right, they're going. They're gonna go now. But it was just they only went that speed. When they did a big spot, all the in-between stuff, even after the sit-out powerbomb, 
was super fucking slow every time. And I don't know why that was really strange. Really, really strange. Okay, so they do the sit-up powerbomb. And then the next spot that I want to talk about is Keith Lee's sitting on the top rope. Dijak grabs him to do a choke slam, picks him up, or actually, I guess Keith Lee jumps up, but they go up and he choke slams him onto his knee. I've never seen anything like that before. I thought it was fucking excellent. And Dijak did a great job of selling his knee being hurt afterwards. Really great sequence, really great interaction. Meet. Have you ever seen that before? No, I haven't. Every one of these matches that we've been watching, I've been catching something else. Something else that catches my eye that I've never seen before. That's one of the spots. Yeah, it was really great. Mike, had you seen that before? Yeah, and it's really dangerous doing it to Keith Lee. I think it's the choke breaker. That's what it's called. I see the choke breaker. Yeah. The right, commentator yeah, didn't call it out. It's just doing it against a guy at that size. He could, you could snap your knee like a twig. Yeah. So when he's selling his knee, that's almost believable. Like it, that might of actually course, be broken. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then. Dijak misses a moonsault after Keith Lee's down. Keith Lee hits a Canadian destroyer. And this is something I've got to talk about. Mike, you're right. You said to me like a, a few episodes ago, you said, look, like, you know, when I, you saw it for the first time, it was the most incredible thing. But everybody's fucking doing it now. Anybody can do it. It's happening a hundred times in a match. And you know what? I think in the recent matches that we've watched, I've seen more Canadian destroyers than I've seen headlocks. And so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so like, what the fuck? Like it's losing as cool as it looks. It's losing its appeal because everybody does it all the time. And I think it's just a totally, you know, bastardized move. And I almost losing like my energy whenever I see somebody do it. It doesn't make me pop at all anymore. Yeah, it's been it killed. Uh, it's yeah, been killed, it, right? It, yeah, it, it, it really has been. It's like it's not going to the world. It seems like that's everyone's go to to go to, in the match like that, trying to get a spot, a quick spot. Right. And then from there, Keith Lee hits a spirit bomb gets a near fall and the crowd's going crazy it's awesome and then something fucking ridiculous happens Dijak does a kip up ends up on the top of keith lee's shoulders does a reverse huron kanrana which looks like he fucking breaks his back and keith lee's back and the whole crowd is losing their mind great like connection of spots and that one spot that reverse huron kanrana on a guy that size I thought it was very, very gutsy to try that. Mike, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the setup was slow, though, right? Yeah, the begin, the lead into it was slow, but once they started actually going... I think the slow, that's what I was one of the moves yeah. I was referring to with it was so deliberate that I think it took me out of it, but it was it was yeah. impressive. Yeah. You know, he, he think when he was up there, he was thinking, he's like, man, I'm going to break my neck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then they get it super close to count, and then right from there, Keith Lee gets to the outside, and they go into the crowd, and Mike, again, you're right. You know, there are guys who should not actually go to the outside or do a tope or do a dive or go off the top rope. And this Dijak's yeah. good. He's big, but the springboards are sloppy. He slipped twice on springboards. And then when he did it here, he didn't really get that high up in the air. I know the crowd is marking out because seeing a big guy like that come off the top rope and land in the front row is good. But honestly, it wasn't that impressive. Meet, what'd you think? You know, I think at some, certain points in this match, watching it, I think he reminded me of like Brock when Brock was starting out. But Brock was so much more athletic and doing it. Yeah, doing it. You know what I mean? And a little bit. I think when Brock first got in, he might have been a little bit lighter than uh, than DJ. I just think that a lot of it reminded me of early Brock in this match. Yeah, that's a good call. 
Mike, what do you think? I, I know you're, I picked up all of that off of you, but do you think Dijak is doing a little bit too much, a little bit too much of like that Hurin Kanrana and the, like the Lucha stuff? Like he shouldn't be doing that? Or do you think it suits him? Well, that, uh, what was it, whatever he did to Keith Lee mm-hmm. and Keith Lee caught him, he could do that. Right. Yeah. That was sure. beautiful. Right. But too much of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think everybody does too much of that stuff. Uh, I see. It's not just his problem. It's everybody's problem. Yeah, like a guy like Moxley, who I who I like as a character and, and mm-hmm. a, as an entertainer, as a person. You know, I, I think he's a really cool guy. He doesn't always put on my favorite style of match. He's more of a brawler, but he right. does that. It's got to be the worst in the world. Uh. It just looks like absolute <laughs> shit. You got this guy that's out there beating your head and this tough guy, and he does that. And he, and he dives to the ropes and he pushes you with his fingertips and you go into the it's just horseshit. I don't, I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah. And so that's exactly how Dijak's off the top rope stuff and the springboard stuff hit me. It was, yeah, he shouldn't have been doing it. He's got a potential to do lots of great stuff and he can do a lot of great stuff. Why would you do the stuff that doesn't look good on you? I, I didn't get it. So then from there, Dijak does a lo- very loose top rope Frankensteiner, a super kick, an Arabian press, which is which gets a two, which is not bad. And now we're heading to the finish. Okay, so we're heading to the finish and... Dijak gets on top of Lee's shoulders, and this is a setup that I thought Mike took way too long, and he tries to go for, I don't know what he's trying to go for. Keith Lee reverses it into his own reverse Hurin Kanrana. Okay, that's the one I was talking yeah. about then, yeah. But it's so fucking slow, and the crowd yeah. has just seen a reverse Hurin Kanrana like two minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. So they don't even pop, really. But it's so impressive that these fucking guys are so big that they're doing it. And people don't even get out of their seat. Like, why would you waste all that for? You can't even pop like a local indie house. You know, what I mean? like I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Taking all this risk, no payoff, no return, no speed. I don't know what that was all about. I didn't. I hated if, it. If there's 60 people in this crowd, I think that's a lot. If you're going to do a reverse Huron Kanrana for like two, 300, 350 pound guys. You should expect everybody in the crowd to get up off their seats, right? But if they don't get up off their seats, then what the fuck are you doing it for? Right. It, it, it's, it's just it's just a waste of spot. And then, yeah. you know, you could have you could have had two different moves in, inside instead of that one. I think the crowd got out of this after the after that second one. That's right. That's right. The crowd was out of it, and then they go to the finish. Lee puts Dijak on his shoulders, gets up, sits up on the top rope, and he does the announcer called it a spirit bomb off the second rope. It's not as devastating as the rest of the stuff we saw in the match. Not sure why it was used as a finish. It was okay. They bounced off the mat. Nice enough. But the biggest thing I thought about at the end of this match is like, you know, I'm accustomed to matches where a guy works on a move. Like he works on damaging the leg and then he goes after the leg and then he targets the leg throughout the entire match. And so when the finish comes, he goes after the leg and it's obvious that the guy loses because he can't withstand the pain anymore. But there's no rhyme or reason to why that would be the finish there like it didn't he didn't work on his back that much the spots are like all over the place he's done uh, beautiful snake eyes he's done a hurin kanrana he's done a power bomb he's done this but like there's no focus on any kind of offense and it just seemed to me like at the end it was like suddenly over out of a, like for no reason out of a spot fest not sure you know how i rank this match but i thought there was a lot they could have done better Considering the ability of these guys, they're good. It's just that this match just didn't do it for me. I didn't like it that much. I thought they could have done much better. Mike, what do you think? I think of all the times I've seen them, it was the definitely the least impressive of all the matches. We probably didn't. I, I think agree. we didn't watch Pro Wrestling Gorilla, one of the Pro Wrestling Gorilla matches or whatever because of the time. Right. But yeah. that was a much better match. And, and the NXT matches were better. And uh, 
and and same with I saw one in Evolve. So like of all, all the see. ones I've seen, this was was definitely a letdown. I don't I don't know if somebody was working hurt or not, but it, uh, they didn't have the same in, intensity or purpose as, as before. Really, it, this match almost makes me like watch looking at this the, at the fans and stuff. It almost looks like they were just waiting for it to be over. You've right, probably right. seen it so much because yeah. if you're a fan of Evolve Wrestling. There's a good chance if you saw if you're watching them on Evolve 84, you saw them on Evolve 81. You maybe seen them in PWG. Yeah, I don't know if the Evolve match happened yet, but mm-hmm. you, you've you've seen it before. It's not so much a feud as a cross promotional rivalry. At this point, if they had been working together for a while, they, it right. should have been better. It should. Yeah. If it's yeah. between two people, if it's if it's in front of two people or two hundred thousand people, it's got to do. There was it was just a sloppy. It looked like one of them didn't want to be there. Yeah, I, I agree. It, something was off. It, it looked like something was off because it seems like they have much more potential than what they put together here. Right? It was a little bit short. It was a little bit convoluted. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. And I, I totally agree. It, it certainly, I wasn't expecting any kind of technical mastery out of this match. I didn't expect any rest holds, like you know, going in because I knew who these guys were. I knew it was going to be a hoss fight, and eventually somebody was going to get worn down and beat down. But I do totally feel like that came out of nowhere. First mm-hmm. of all, like I, I agree with you there. I, I think the finish was almost. You know, not not as crazy as one of like, one of those old school finishes we've seen, but it was it was right, kind sure. of up there. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I certainly didn't expect it. And instead of going for the two poison ranas, there's other things these guys do. The 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 cross body that Lee does is great. Uh, he does uh he does this spot where he gets the guy up for like the electric chair, and then he yeah. drops him in front of him and he and he, he nails him with an elbow. I'm sure there's a plethora of moves they could have done, right? So why they went for the same couple of moves over again and again and again and again, I'm not sure. And they didn't focus on any specific body part, which made it strange, too. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rounds, but... I'm going to give you guys only five rounds because the sixth and seventh round, they, it's the answer. Basically, both of them are the answer. So I'll accept either answer. You've got five rounds to get through this. We'll start with you, Mike. Give you round one. Who the fuck is that guy? The Rock. Rock Riddle. Incorrect. Meet. Round two. The Executioner. Don Morocco. Incorrect. Good ah. guess. Good guess. Round three. Colonel de Klerk. Damn. I don't know. Okay, meet. Round four. The Leopard Mask. Oh, I don't fucking know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one, but I'm not going to attempt to try okay. to guess that right. one. Okay, here we go, Mike. This is last option. Round five. The Cheetah Kid. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I do remember this, but I don't yes, know. But you know I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with Sean Waltman. I don't know. Ah. Uh, so this week I win. Who the fuck is that guy? The answer to who the fuck is that guy is one half of the public enemy, Flyboy Rocko Rock. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Yeah, Jesus The Rock Christ. was a great hint. In the, I thought maybe one of you guys would have picked it up right away. The Rock, the Executioner, Colonel DeClerc, I don't know where that came from, the Leopard Mask, the Cheetah Kid, Flyboy Rocco, and Rocco Rock. Okay. You got me too. Who was the last the, with the fake razor? You're really yeah, fake razor. I got, I'm, yeah. thinking of like, I'm thinking of these guys that actually had like these like 
illustrious careers and he's right. popping out big razor. It's some shit bag. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I barely remember. So if I make it too easy, you guys get it too quick. I gotta we gotta balance it a little bit. I, I'll come back a little bit soft next week. Do you know who's on the roster? All right, the roster. The roster is really tough this week. Really, really tough. It's a show that happened not that long ago. It happened 2007. It happened in the Tokyo Dome. It's a show you should probably know only because this is the first ever Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom was a show, the first one, was a joint promotion between All Japan and New Japan. We've got a huge roster of guys here. There are 46 different guys on this show. So I'm expecting at least a couple of correct answers here. All the big names, 2007, are almost all the big names are here. Uh, Meet, we'll start with you. Oh, shit. Liger? Jushin Sunder Liger. Correct. Mike? Kijimudo. Muto, is he there in the All Japan yes. roster at that point? Yes, yes, correct. Very good. Keiji Muto, as Keiji Muto, not the great Muto. Very good, Mike. Very good. Me? Hayabusa? Hayabusa was probably already unfortunately paralyzed. And no, Hayabusa, you're out. What? 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 Internet bullshit are one of our favorite segments. Considering <laughs> that the roster was from Japan, we're going to go to internet bullshit and we're going to talk about the 10 best Japanese wrestlers of all time. Oh, shit. As, as incensed as I've been in my life about this internet bullshit segment, this is by far the fucking worst. Not even fucking close. Okay. Who's, number who's, in, who's, who's involved with this? This is another Bleacher Report. Yeah, yeah, it's Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Yeah, yeah, Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. Here we go. So, oh, fuck this, guys. Yeah. How many guys on the list are actually Japanese? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's, let's so, do we have any fake Japanese guys from like... No, but, uh, the, the no, but, but we have two women on this list who I would not even put as my top 10 women of all time. Not even close. And so... I, but okay let's start number 10 greatest japanese wrestlers of all time ever of any japanese promotion okay number 10 io shirai <laughs> i don't remember oh, i don't even remember god almighty no she's she's in AEW now right no, she was in NXT. She's uh, NXT. good, but yeah, yeah. The 10 best ever. Wow, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. My mate, don't her. even know good. who she is. Good for her. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> why why do I know Tajiri's going to make this fucking list? Oh, I was just going to say that. Is that number is that number 9 Tajiri? No, no, number 9 is Tiger Mask. The that's original tiger. tiger Mask. Yeah, he was great. I thought he was excellent. Sayama was way ahead of the game. I have no problem putting him in. My top 10 best Japanese of all time. Mike, would you put him that high? No. No, you but he was incredible. He was like ridiculous. He was a, yeah. so much before his time, but I, yeah. he, no. I see. So number nine is Tiger Mask. Meet thoughts on Tiger Mask? 
Well, you say yeah, not not top ten, but he's definitely he was definitely an innovator and before his time. That's, yeah. that's there's no doubt about that. But top ten, I doubt it. Okay, number eight, Ultimo Dragon, Mike. The guy was amazing, but no yeah. way does he make the top ten. And he was amazing. I loved him because this idiot saw him Russell that did the review. That's right. He's not a part of the conversation. I agree. Totally agreed. Nowhere near this conversation. Very good. Meet out. Also agree. Big yes for me. I meant. <laughs> okay. Number seven. I think number seven makes my list. Tatsumi Fujinami. Mike? He would be hard to argue against. He was very good. Meet, did you see much of him? I did. Never seen a man look more clueless in his life than after than when fucking Flair was inducting him in the WWE. <laughs> he, he like had no idea what the fuck was going on. Right. That's funny. Okay, number six. Here's where we get fucking crazy. Taka. Holy fuck, Mike. Taka Michinoku, number six. Ah! <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I'm just trying to think of all the Japanese guys that have wrestled yeah. in the U.S. long enough that these idiots would know who they are. Fuck, Holy ta- shit, dude. Taka Michinoku, number six. He's fucking what not about- even. Yeah, not even top hundred. Okay, me. Do you remember Taka Michinoku from? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Michi- Michinoku driver. Right, Michinoku driver. Right. He's good, but he's fucking nowhere near this list. No, he's like mid- yeah. he's like middle of the road. Like you know, he was yeah. like above average. I wouldn't say he was great. Right. Yeah, I would say it was great. Waltman on the list. It would like yeah. put an X-Pac on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, put, X-Pac, one put, of the time best Le- workers. <laughs> why don't you put Lesnar on the list? For, he, won the, he won the IWGP. Right, right. That's one way to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number five, Mike already spoiled it. Tajiri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I, these, are all, these are actually all guys. These are all people. Everyone on this list, I think, is is very good, but not even yeah. close. Right, not even close. No fucking way, man. Okay. Not, not even close. If you're going, I, I don't know that I would put any of these guys on my top ten junior list. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's that's true. Yeah, I would not put any of them on the top ten junior list, probably. Right, except for Fujinami. But the rest of them, no. Uh, Matt, well, Tiger Mask. Yeah. Okay, number four, Mike. I want your input because I've never seen this person wrestle. I've heard lots about them. I've seen lots of them on social media. Asuka. Oh, she's great. Oh, she's good. Yeah. She's great, but she doesn't belong in this list either. Oh. I see. I see. No, but I she's see. phenomenal. I see. And they're fucking her up, too. They're, they're, they're not doing anything with her. She's just wasting away. Uh, she, okay. she's, she's been ready, waiting to wrestle, I think, for nine months or something now, and they're not they just... Don't they, do can't find, they can't possibly find any. That, why don't you throw her into that fucking? Why is it gotta be Charlotte and Ronda? Why can't and Becky and the other one? Mm-hmm. It could like, only ever be two, one. man. He's like he's yeah. like uh, the Eric. He's like Noah. He gets two. He gets two guys. He's got Brock and he's got Roman. He gets two tag teams. He's got the Usos in the New Day, and he's got two girls. He's got Becky and and Flair. You got that novelty of fucking Ronda in there too now. Yeah, when she pops up, yeah. Mike, is she like uh, Manami Toyota and Aja Kong and Bull Nakano good? Like that level good? No, like she's one of I the see. best. I think she's one of the best in the world. Like I said, I didn't watch. Um, uh, right. You Toyota didn't watch that much. Because right. I didn't yeah. watch. Because the, the Divas thing put such a sour uh, taste in my watch. I wasn't going to go out of my way to watch all Japan women's or whatever. But right. you would think that like she would be on the list, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And it would be undebatable. But it's or Kari so recent. Sane, or why wouldn't Kyrie Sane be on that list ahead of her? Right. Okay. So here we go. Top three. Number three. Oh, Takushi, is Takushi on this list? No, no. Number okay. three. Okay. Number three. The Great Sasuke. Top 10? Absolutely not. I loved him, though. I yeah. should have figured he'd be on you because he wrestled stateside. But yeah, Nakamura's got to be like close to uh, number one. Unless, you, they give, 
Oh shit. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura, and number one out of nowhere, Antonio Inoki. <laughs> right. <laughs> no fucking liger. Are you baby. kidding me? Call me There's, the list buster. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good nickname, the list buster. So, <laughs> I know. You you went from Inoki, you have think about this. There's no Misawa, no Kobashi. No, not a fucking single all Japan guy on this list. Any Tenru, you don't have fucking uh, Jumbo Tsuda, nobody on this list. Kawada. Kawada, you don't have none of those guys on this list. You've got Inoki on top, Nakamura, Great Sasuke, Asuka, Tajiri, Takamichinoku, I'm laughing halfway through, Tatsumi Fujinami, Ultimo Dragon, Tiger Mask, and Io Shirai as the 10 greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. They don't even try to get uh, Okada or, or Tadahashi yes. on the list. The guys that have had the belt, like you, how many times? You know, those are probably two of the most decorated guys in the history of the country. Ridiculous. As far as world champions, okay, I would have. You know, where's Ricky Dozan? Like, you know, like if, right, <laughs> right, fucking Ricky Dozan. Is he? Is he like? Is he like the legend in Japan? Yeah, like, yeah. Is he, he is Dozan the man. Like, yeah, he's he, the that's man. Like, that's like Hulk Hogan is here. That's like he is bigger, the bigger, 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 way bigger. And he's not even fucking on the list. Not even who on the list. Fuck, yeah. I want to find who makes this fucking list. I really do. We gotta, <laughs> can we get him on the fucking podcast? And oh, you know what? I'm going to reach out. I'm going to find out if one of these guys who makes these lists will come on our show. That'll be fucking great. Because I want to <laughs> fucking grill, I wanna grill him. With, I want to grill him some real questions like, what gives you the right to make any sort of list? <laughs> Okay, with that said, the final thing this week, we're going to do this or that. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks. It's a very strange question this week. This or that, we'll start with you, Meet. Nikolai Volkov singing the national anthem or Jeff Jarrett singing with my baby tonight. Volkov was Polish and he had to play the Russian. I love that. He sang the, he sang the right Russian national anthem beautifully. Yeah. I'll take that any day over the fucking road dog and roadie or whatever he was. Uh, yeah, Mike, Jeff Jarrett singing, sing, sing with my baby tonight or Volkov singing the national anthem. I got to be honest with you. I really don't remember the Jarrett thing. Oh, and, he, and even if I did, yeah, it's going to be hard to top that beautiful voice of Nikolai's. I, it's a clean sweep this week. Nikolai Volkov, knowing that the people are throwing shit at him, being angry at him. And maintaining his composure, yeah, and the chic waving the flag, just the aura of that entire <laughs> and the Hollywood, scene. And the Hollywood fashion plate in the middle too. That, oh, that whole, it was crew, great. Right? Just a great. That was a great setup for them. Yeah, it was great. I, I told you that story, right? Real, real quick. Uh, uh-huh. It was me, my brother, and Bada. We were at the WWE or WWF at the time. And uh, when when he got out and started singing the anthem, we all stood up, but we sat down during the American one. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, at nine years old or whatever the hell yeah. we, were, we were getting like mad heat in the crowd oh that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> oh that's great if you have any questions or comments please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com for now it's time to tag out <laughs> <laughs>